You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Well, Be The Bridge family, we are so grateful that you are tuning in with us. Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Will Gravely, filling in for our fabulous founder, Latasha Morrison. And joining us today for a special episode, we are celebrating our sixth anniversary as Be The Bridge. And so for all of you who have joined us at some point along the way, we just want to say thank you. And we are highlighting some incredible family members within our Be The Bridge family. And so today we have Regina and Leah who are going to unpack their experience when it comes to the heartbeat of Be The Bridge, which is groups. And so I would love, love, love to just welcome Regina and Leah into this space. Welcome, ladies. Welcome. And so we'll just jump into the first question here. Uh, how did you learn of Be The Bridge? What, what was your first interaction with Be The Bridge? Alrighty, well, I'll go ahead and start off. This is Regina Alexander, and um, I had the awesome opportunity of, of attending a IF gathering that was hosted by my church in 2015. And that was the first time that I believe Latasha Morrison was on the platform and introduced Be the Bridge. And I remember specifically sitting in a room of um, many women who did not look like me. Um, and Latasha asked for us all to look around and find an individual, a woman of color, and to pray over her. And by the end of that, that time together, God had started knitting our hearts together and allowing women to really see um, myself and others in a different way through a different lens. And so we, we prayed together, we cried, and that was the beginning of the inception of Be The Bridge in West Houston and in Katy, where we currently reside. Wow, that's amazing. And we do have a great relationship, Latasha in particular, with the IF gathering. And so it is not a surprise and it's encouraging to hear that that was your first interaction with her and our incredible work. So thank you for that, Regina. Leah, how about you? What was your first interaction with Be The Bridge or how did you learn about it? Well, my first interaction was actually quite similar to Regina's. Um, it was the same time, but I was live in Austin at that IF gathering. And so I was sitting way in the back of the stadium and I was able to look onto the stage and um, listen to the conversation that was going on around the table and look around and realize that most of the people in the room looked a lot more like me. Um, and she posed that question about um, looking around and finding a, a woman of color to pray with. And I kind of sat and prayed by myself because I didn't see anyone around me that fit that description. And I realized that while my life previously had a bit more color in it, since I had moved to the West Houston area, a lot of that had fallen away. And so one of my prayers was, Lord, lead me to someone who could be a friend first and then someone with whom I could help to be a bridge builder. Um, and so that was, that was the beginning of it for me, planting seeds, being more aware of my surroundings and asking God to step in and lead me in this work. Okay. Well, that's an incredible story, Leah, and an incredible story, Regina. And so your journey in many ways seems to have begun with prayer, um, which is very much at the heart of what we do um, as bridge builders. Now, how did you 
kind of transition from this public interaction um, in a conference setting to getting connected to the heartbeat of what we do, which is be the bridge groups. How long have you been connected in a group and what was kind of your entree into groups? Okay, so I'll go ahead and start that and then uh, I'll let Leah piggyback on where we are currently. But after being in that setting in 2015, uh, God had impressed on my heart and another friend and church goer of mine who um, was being stirred in her spirit to co-facilitate a a small group. And that's when we use Be the Bridge 2.0 guide, um, which is that in-depth curriculum that we navigated. Between 2016 and 2017, there was a group of diverse women that um, navigated it so beautifully. And God allowed us to use that that curriculum and his word to just knit our hearts together within the community. We went to a variety of of churches within West Houston, and that was the beginning um, of forming groups. Um, That was my first group that I participated in, and it was about nine of us that uh, completed that journey over about a year's time frame. And then we transitioned into... um, Mind you, all of the different things that were going on in the nation, starting with uh, a mass shooting and uh, police shooting in 2016. So it was really, really uh, a pivotal time for us to utilize the curriculum and to have a Christ uh, based uh, curriculum that's anchored in God's word to be able to spur other groups on and create space to have the conversation. And so from 2016 to 2017, um, we transitioned from that small group to having a race panel uh, at our church. Our pastor was courageous enough to have a diverse group of individuals in 2018 um, talk about race in America. And it really opened the eyes of not only our church, but the community and having the the conversations. And in 2018, we started a core group within our church of um, several leaders on staff, several leaders within the body of Christ. And we navigated the curriculum at that time as well. And it took us about a year to journey through, but it really allowed us to really solidify our group and expand beyond um, just our group. And then in 2020, I'll transition over to Leah and explain um, our connection with um, Latasha Morrison in particular and what our plans were within our church at Grace Fellowship and within the, the community and where we've gone from 2020 to now. Well, simultaneously with what all Regina was talking about in 2016, we were also, we had started a prayer group um, and we were praying through a lot of the things that were going on in the nation. And then that fed into one area of was supporting what we were doing with, with Be The Bridge. And several of the people that we pray with ended up being core members of our Be The Bridge group in 2018 that Regina mentioned. But then in 2020, Latasha was scheduled to come and speak at our church. She was scheduled to come and we had entitled it Color Brave. We had the bulletin all printed. We were ready to go. We were planning to, after that, host um, a table discussion to get get people to come and put their information so that they could show interest in participating in a Be The Bridge group. Well, um, right before she was supposed to come was when COVID happened. And so her visit was canceled. Um, And we were heartbroken and we were thrown. I mean, that was a time of confusion and, and nobody really knew what the next right steps were going to be for anything, much less for bridge building. Um, and then we kind of grieved, lamented a little bit, and then we prayed and we pivoted. So instead of having a live small groups, we ended up having a Zoom platform. We had a Zoom platform and we started with that core 2018 group. We were the facilitators for a larger group setting. We were going to be the facilitators for a larger group Zoom setting. And we did a pilot first. We had a compressed curriculum in um, 
July and August of 2020. And we utilized uh, Tasha's book for this uh, particular discussion. And we consolidated it down to two chapters per week. We had kind of a hand invited group of people that we knew were already leaning into this work and uh, we had them come and participate over I believe it was five weeks um, in order to get some feedback and to kind of fine-tune what we were going to do and it was fantastic I mean we had multiple people from different churches in the West Houston area participate pastors um, leaders of nonprofit organizations, lots of influ influential individuals in our community. And that went really well. And we opened it up to the public um, for a, another Zoom platform. We've stayed on the Zoom platform the entire time, but we've had groups in the fall and in the spring ever since then. So we've had two sessions each year. Um, and over the course of that, we've had over 200 participants that have joined us. We've had some 20, more than 20 churches that have participated over the Zoom platform. It really opened it up because you didn't have to be in the same physical space. We were able to utilize technology and be in the same spiritual and dialogue space, knowing that we were united um, with the Holy Spirit in order to have these conversations. And what we did, we had a large group teaching time. Uh, we would use the book. We also drew in other resources, other vid videos to prompt conversation. And then we would break into a smaller group setting. And that's why we have so many different facilitators that help because we have these small group discussion settings um, in order to talk more intimately, be more open with our experiences and to pray with one another. Um, and the sizes have ranged. That first session filled up within like days, I want to say. There was so much interest at the time. Um, and then from then on, it's it's not been quite as large, but it's been just as impactful. We've had people from multiple different states. We've had lots of individuals from Texas, Alabama, Washington, D.C., all the way up to Montana, California, I think, Arizona, just the United States has been well represented in these groups. And we've been very, very grateful for that. Well, Regina and Leah, that is amazing work. And um, you both have been involved nearly since the beginning uh, for us. And for that, we are very, very grateful. Um, you've also been on the ground in many ways, um, even as we've obviously become uh, a national presence and an international presence. A lot of our initial work was rooted in the Texas region. And so we thank you for that as well. Now, you spoke about utilizing uh, our great founder, Latasha's book, uh, which by the grace of God has become a New York Times bestseller. Um, it has incredible impact, right? So the Lord is doing an incredible work with that. Um, but also the 2.0 guide. Um, were those kind of the foundations of the groups that you've been a part of? Or did you kind of get into some other study guides or curriculum as well? So I would say, yes, absolutely. Um, we started off with the study guide, um, as mentioned, and we felt like as we transitioned to the larger platforms via Zoom that the book would be a, a on-ramp and an easier segue to create the conversations, the courageous conversations. And in addition to that, we have uh, utilized other resources that Latasha Morrison and uh, Be The Bridge has recommended. And so we have had off-season conversations and panels and discussions on um, race, um, utilizing quite a few of the resources from um, uh, Daniel Hill, White Away to uh, Divided by Faith to um, David Platt to Matt Chandler uh, resources. So we've used a wide variety of resources, but our anchor has definitely been um, utilizing uh, Latasha Morrison's book, Be the Bridge to Racial Reconciliation and anchoring to that. Excellent. Yeah. Leah, anything you might add? Well, the main reason why we wanted to anchor in that is because that is anchored in scripture. So the, the first and foremost, the source of this is God's word, God's spirit. Um, and so the, the resource of the Be the Bridge 2.0 and the book we felt were, were anchored in that as well. And it gave us a framework around which to discuss. But I do want to acknowledge the fact that all of this work that we're doing is by the power of God's spirit um, and in alignment with his, his word. Mm. 
Well, Leah and Regina, thank you for that. And thank you for your hearts as well, because throughout our time together, you've spoken highly, and we can tell that Christ is central to you in your daily lives. You've spoken highly of prayer, uh, the value of scripture, um, this work being centered on God's word and God's heart for God's people. And so we're just grateful for that. And that brings us to another um, opportunity to share some experience. Um, both in your groups, and thank you for taking that pandemic pivot, as we call it, uh, to go virtual, right? But to continue this work, um, what has the personal impact been, uh, both for yourselves, but also personal impact that you've seen and experienced in your groups as well? And we would love to kind of frame that in two different ways. Let's frame the first piece as pre-pandemic, if we can remember such a time, right? And then let's look at 2020 and later, because um, we would love to see the advantages of both what you've experienced in the digital space, but also in person. Uh, so we would love to hear both of you share personal impact. Well, I think pre-pandemic, it was beautiful for us, for us to gather together. Um, there's so much richness in being able to be face-to-face -face in a room and feel the energy, feel the emotion, feel the tension, feel the, the uncomfortableness uh at times. Um and so I would say that was so rich and beautiful and hard and good and necessary pre-pandemic. Um, but we know that God will do exceedingly more than we could ask or think. We know that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn around for our good. So pandemic, post-pandemic 2020, that pivot, we definitely know that the, the Zoom, while being in person adds another depth of um um, being able to connect um, the Zoom platform, the digital platform allowed us to expand. We were faithful with a little and God expanded our territory, right? And so um, while now we have created opportunities to for us that are local to get together and have different experiences together in person, we definitely have seen the benefit of and the, the ripple effect of having the digital footprint and having opportunities via Zoom to be able to expand um, far more than I've, honestly we anticipated. And so I guess that would be my summary pre-pandemic and, and post-pandemic um, is that, like Leah mentioned earlier, the variety of churches, both lo locally and nationally, um, individuals locally and nationally, and um, groups that have been birthed um, because of the opportunity for not only our church individually in this small group to be a part, but the area, um, the local and national um, community to be able to join our, our group as well. Mm. Thank you. I would say that pre-pandemic, we were able to get our roots deep into um, into the word and into relationship and to test the waters of what we were doing. God was using that space to help us to grow um, as facilitators and in relationship with people that we saw on a day-to-day -day basis. So there's something to be able to lean across a table or lean in front of someone and pray over them, to be able to lay hands on them and to feel and to experience their joys and their sorrows. It helps with weeping with those who weep um, and, and rejoicing with those who rejoice and being immersed in people's lives, to be able to go to dinner um, and have conversations, to be able to create a meal um, in someone's home and to share it when they have a different, they have a different cultural background. And so we're able to engage in, uh, we were able to have Korean food with one of our, our dear sisters in Christ. Um, and she was delighted to prepare that for us. And so you lose a little bit of that when you transition into an online Zoom platform. But if, if the um, time together in person was when we were developing our roots and our growth, I feel like God planted seeds through the virtual platform. And so as Regina noted, there are other groups that are being that are being developed as a result of this this online platform that we've been able to engage in. And not only that, it has strengthened relationships across distance. So People are invited to this because one of us will have a relationship or someone who has participated before has a relationship. And so it strengthens that 
that relationship across the distance. Uh, we have a dear sister in North Carolina, um, or in the Carol- is she in South Carolina or North Carolina? Now I'm losing my mind. Both. <laughs> okay, in the Carolinas, who who we engage with, and she comes into town now, and she knows half of the people in West Houston because she's engaged with us on these platforms, and it feels like a homecoming when she's here. Um, Regina's parents are even more beloved in our area because they've been able to engage in some of these conversations. So we've got roots, we've got seeds, and we've got fruit that have come from all this. And as as Regina mentioned, God uses all of it. And we pray that it's all used unto his glory and for the advancement and strengthening of his kingdom. Absolutely. And Dr. Will, to, to Leah's point, I mean, it has been beautiful for us to go from the platform, um, the Zoom experience, um, to visiting different states and having individuals connect, like from, you know, Arizona to Washington, D.C., these relationships and the seeds have been planted and they have been fostered through connections um, in the in the physical presence by individuals choosing to connect uh, nationally. So that has been a beautiful way. Um, and like Leah said, we anchored in in God's word built those safe spaces for us to navigate the brave spaces with uh, with courage. So mm. That's excellent. And I'm honestly overjoyed, even as a board member, to hear so much of our culture coming out of both of you so naturally. And so we can tell you're really doing the work on the ground. And for that, we're so grateful. Um, So we talked about kind of the dynamics of person to person meetings and in-person gatherings and then this digital pivot. Right. And now back to um, person to person gatherings and you all even traveling, which is incredible to hear. So let's talk about the shift of 2020 in a slightly different way, right? We talked about the pandemic, but there were also some key events, much like in 2016, that birthed this ministry, this work, this organization, um, that made things uh, potentially a little more tense, right? That kind of brought the need for the work back to the surface a bit. Um, Can you speak kind of to those conversations, to that sort of work coming at such a time like 2020 with some of the political division, um, certain national headlines uh, when it came to the work that we're doing. We'd love to just hear a bit about that. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, one thing that we have spoken on has been knowing and reminding ourselves and others that the lo- the work is hard and necessary and a continual process, right? Um, it is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And it's really easy for these conversations to manifest when there's a news cycle or, you know, when there's a, a tragic story um, that we hear. And so, It has been hard yet necessary to continue those conversations, Um, whether it's uh, it's a current topic in our news cycle or whether or not um, things have settled down. But we have definitely uh, infused um, all of the from, you know, all of the. all of the necessary conversations that we see in the news into what does God say about um, how is he grieved and what does his word say? Anchoring in Amos, you know, chapter five, let justice roll down. And um, so it has definitely been an opportunity for us to, to utilize this curriculum, but remind individuals that, the work is a continuous hard um, process and it's not just optional and it's for all of us to um, take ownership and responsibility um, in our own lives individually and collectively to be a part uh, of the change that we want to see. Excellent perspective, Regina. Leah, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Well, one of the things that we ask of our participants is to submit what we call a why statement. So why are you engaging in this work? We want them to think through what their what their impetus is. Um, and early on, a lot of what we heard was, I just can't believe what happened to George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Um, and I think George Floyd was 
his murder was a, a, a tipping point for many people in terms of realizing that there is a problem and they want to engage and they don't know how and they don't know what to do. And so we need someone to help us walk through this um, and Be the Bridge offers a framework that people can step into and have these conversations. Um, so we've seen a lot of that. And I think some of our our early high numbers in participation were in part due to the climate of 2020 and those events, those tragic events that had happened and the division that we were seeing in the news and people really wanting to have a conversation with a real human being as opposed to being told what to think by someone on the news. Um, and so we saw a lot of, we saw a lot of despair. We saw a lot of lamenting and a lot of mourning and a lot of people's world's foundations being shaken as they engaged in the work. And there's been, and we'll see, I mean, recent events have been equally horrific. We've had horrific things that have happened just within the last week. Um, but there was a time in between where it quieted a little bit, the news cycle shifted. And so there was less of that in the whys that we were receiving, um, more based on personal relationships and people's eyes being opened gradually. So the, the events of 2020, I think, were definitely something that raised the awareness and the participation. Um, but as Regina mentioned, this work needs to happen in and out of season, if you will, because the work to continue, it needs to continue. Just because the headlines aren't there, there are still individuals' lives being affected by the existence of, um, of racism in, in our country and in the world. So it's a bit of both. And you know, and you know what, Leah and, and Dr. Will, uh, just one extra point added to that specifically, I think those high-level events were a, a unfortunate but necessary on-ramp for individuals to say, to see things through a different lens if they were willing to walk in a space of humility, uh, listening, choosing to listen and learn. Um, and it connected us from a national um, uh, space to hearing personal accounts that individuals and people of color have navigated. And so um, I think that has created the ongoing conversations and the necessity for having the courageous conversations on a continuous basis because it allowed people to say, man, th this is not just them over there. This is me taking responsibility for those people who are in my circle of influence who have been impacted as a person of color. And so I think that it allowed people to see um, hard um, tragedy on a national scale and personalize it by creating relational equity um, around them and getting into the worlds of those who um, may not look like, like them, like them, like them, like them, like them. Well, hello, Be The Bridge podcast listeners. Happy June. I am so excited, really honored to announce that June is my birthday. Just kidding, but it actually is my birthday. But there's something else that is special about June, and that is the Be The Bridge anniversary month. We've reached six years. Can you believe it? Six years of ministry. For the entire month of June, we are celebrating God's faithfulness to us over this time. I'm telling you, it has been a journey. It has been ups and downs, a lot of surprises and turns, but in the midst of it all, God has been so faithful to us. As we celebrate our anniversary month, I want you to know that we are in the midst of planning some exciting new courses that will launch in the fall. We're updating, we're continuously updating 
our curriculum and we're creating opportunities for bridge builders to engage and grow at all levels. So I want you to stay tuned for some exciting things that are coming this fall and early 2023 from Be The Bridge. It's really going to help equip you to do this work of racial literacy so that we can all live in a reconciled world. That is something that I dream for. That is something that we want to see reimagined and we can partner and do this together. Each person doing something equals something. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurring partner. Um, You can join the exclusive blueprint community at bethebridge.com forward slash give. Um, If you can't contribute on a reoccurring basis, we understand that things are tight. That's okay. Make a one-time gift and help us continue to produce the programming like our podcast. This work is only possible because of your generosity of bridge builders like you. So join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's keep building bridges together and let's really commit to shifting perspective and reimagining our systems and changing the world. No, that's very, very powerful. Um, and, and so a bit of what I heard was that the current events help to bring clarity for folks, right? It's, it's harder to turn a blind eye to this world around us when it's so front and center and in your face, right? But also that we don't simply wait for the headlines. This is actually the heart of God, right? And so this work has to continue in and out of the news cycle. But um, you shared some very powerful experience and perspective on how to navigate um, that huge turn uh, that we all experienced in 2020. And so for that, we are very, very grateful, even more grateful for the work that you all continue to do. And so I wanna ask, how do you continue to reproduce this work? We talked about the personal experience, both that you, both have had, uh, but also that you saw in other members of your groups that you've participated in and led. Um, How do you reproduce and continue this work within your church and your community at large? And so we talked about inside of a group environment in particular, but now how have you attempted to, or what are some of your thoughts about in the future reproducing and continuing this bridge building work, both in your church and in your wider community? I would say to anchor, like Leah <laughs> mentioned, to just continue to anchor in in God's word and, and through prayer, um, to be willing to have the good, hard, yet necessary conversations. And I like to use the example of reproduction, just God, wherever you plant my feet, um, let me walk in obedience and use it as my platform to have the courageous conversations based on God's truth and love. Um, and so I, I like the illustration. We've said it um, in many ways where, you, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And I, I use the, the example at our church um, Christmas Eve service. We, we light our, our candles in our sanctuary and we turn off all of the lights and the pastor doesn't allow uh, or have us walk across the sanctuary to light someone's candle. He asks us, he starts off and then he asks us to turn to our right or turn to the person, um, in back of us. And that light illuminates within minutes throughout the entire sanctuary, but we aren't necessarily responsible for igniting the light with everyone in the sanctuary. So I use that because this can be overwhelming. This can, it is overwhelming. Um, but God, and so we try to remind people to engage in platforms like this, but what is the next right step for you? What is the next courageous thing to be in prayer about? Not what God has called Leah or Regina to do, but what has God called you individually to do and take ownership of that and be led by the Holy Spirit. And just like that unity night, the Christmas Eve service, um, you have the opportunity to influence those individuals around you um, that I may never have 
uh, impact in or have connections with. And so that is how we break down the reproduction. Um, in addition to that, just trying to continue to to get together uh, beyond the curriculum and going through the book. We've had race panels before. We've been able to navigate other resources outside of God's word, which is our our anchor um, source. We've been able to build relational equity and we encourage individuals through dinner, through fellowship, through um, other opportunities of uh, just connectivity. We've traveled together. Um, So we try to create a diverse opportunity to be able to reproduce the work of those, but also making sure that individuals own their piece um, of what it like, what it looks like to be a, a, um, a, a reproducer of this work and not, and giving ourselves the, um, the peace to not have to own that for everyone else, because it's not our responsibility. We're led by the Holy Spirit to walk in obedience according to what he has spoken to us. And we challenge individuals through their whys, like Leah mentioned, why are you choosing this and how will you do the next right thing to to reproduce a likeness of, of yourself based on God's word? Mm. That's, that's incredible, Regina. Right before we hand it back over to Leah, I just wanted to kind of expound on your, your metaphor with the lights and that service that you attended, right? We, we can impact those right around us in our own social circles. And even as we look to continue to build bridges, right? We, we don't have any bridge yet between, let's say, the United States and the continent of Africa, right? But we do have multiple bridges over smaller streams, over other bodies of water um, that can be traversed. And so we just need to focus on that which we can impact. And that includes the world right around us. So I'm just so grateful for not only that experience, but also that metaphor that you gave us. Um, So I would love to turn it now to Leah and just hear how you've maybe participated in reproducing and continuing this bridge building work, both in your church and in larger community. Well, one thing I would say is piggybacking on what Regina mentioned is we we ask people to take a look at their spheres of influence because oftentimes we take for granted where we are we don't really understand that we have a level of influence in particular places and so we ask people to think about that so that they can turn to the right they can turn to the left they can turn behind them with an awareness of the um, opportunities that they have to make change. One of the places that has been most impactful for me personally and is a place where I am doing my best to try to reproduce this work of bridge building is in my family. I have young children and um, we have been able to grow in relationship. I have been able to, through awareness and through walking with Be The Bridge and resources shared and relationships built, I've been able to help them to understand a little bit more from a different perspective. We read um, different books. Um, We have hard conversations. They ask really good questions. And I try to, um, I try to be mindful of how I show up in their schools and mindful of how I show up in other environments with with children around us. Um, we've been able to develop an incredible relationship with the, with Regina's family, and that is not something that I had when I was growing up. So there is a level of reproduction that I think can, can be overlooked that's within our own households, and I think that that is actually one of our first ministries is to be mindful of those that we're training up. Um, so that's one place that we encourage people to be looking around. Don't, don't, um, don't discount what you would consider to be a small platform because it is the largest platform for the child that is looking up to you. Uh, and they see that the way they see the way that we're interacting, they see the way we react to the news cycle. They see the way that we are choosing books to read and movies to watch and friends to hang out with. Uh, and so that is that has been one of the areas in which I've been the most positively impacted and in which I am trying to be intentional. 
Um, other than that, I mean, I'm, we are continuing to have cycles of Be the Bridge through our through our church. So we've committed to that. We host monthly prayer um, events. They're Zoom platform right now. Um, and people are invited to participate in that. We just had something we call Fire on the Altar. And we spent two hours in worship and prayer um, for racial healing, racial reconciliation, racial healing. Um, prayer is a big part. I mean, and we've talked about this. Prayer is a huge part of my heart. But I do believe that prayer needs to be coupled with with action. Faith without works is dead. Um, and all of that. So we've done prayer events. We've hosted, uh, we, this, we had just had our second Martin Luther King Day event, which was a prayer and worship event at our church. We've been doing Juneteenth celebrations for, oh, I don't remember how many years now. And so we're trying to develop ways in which community can happen organic community can happen. And there's an element to understanding um, historical significance of particular things so that people's eyes can be opened. Uh, I love to read. So I've participated in multiple different book studies, um, hoping to facilitate some of those things so that there are different on-ramps and avenues to both grow in understanding and grow in relationship so that people can take what they're learning and carry it out in multiplication in different environments. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And I think that's a great way to kind of sum up what you both shared is just leaning into relationship and uh, using relationship to deepen understanding. And so we, we've covered quite a, a journey here from essentially the beginning in 2016, uh, a touch point in 2018, 2020, and even the recent work that you both are doing. And I must say, um, again, as not only uh, a board member, but also as a part of the Be The Bridge family, this brings me great hope and I'm sure brings great hope to all of our listeners. And so we love to kind of land the plane in each episode with this incredible question. So we'd love to hear both of you share what is bringing you hope these days? What is bringing you hope these days? Well, I will, I will start off with that. Um, there has not been any other work that I personally can say God has called me to, to strengthen my faith, my dependence and my anchor in him. And so God gives me hope, um, eternal hope, um, to trust in him beyond the things that we have experienced historically and currently. Um, what brings me hope in a tangible way is seeing the next generation that Leah spoke to um, unified in a, in, a, in a diverse way. I say unity is not uniformity. Um, and so just creating spaces now so that the next generation can worship and praise and rejoice in a diverse uh, way, in a beautiful tapestry, the way God has created us. Um, so hope looks like leaning in and engaging and having these courageous conversations, um, knowing that there are Christ followers who um, are for myself and others that are people of color. What gives me hope is those who recognize the power that they have, um, that they recognize the necessity for there to be diverse voices to continue to do the hard and necessary work of racial reconciliation. Um, I'm hopeful for the remnant within the body of Christ that chooses to share truth and love. And it encourages me personally to continue to have um, hope in, uh, in God's truth and in his word and uh, biblical justice. And it's an encouragement for me to continue to run this race well. And so um, 
Yeah, that's my that's my overview or summary for hope. And and I do want to give a quick shout out before I turn it over to Leah, because I want to make sure that we recognize that Leah and I are uh, several just two of a a group of mighty and courageous, beautiful um, women who co-facilitate and have courageously um, continue to lean in and that's Stephanie and Floor and Leah is on here with me and Maya and Leslie and Lisa and our facilitators have changed a couple of times over uh, the last couple of years but they are our anchor they are beautiful Christ followers women who are courageous and give Leah and I both the courage and um, the boldness um, to anchor in God's word and to trust and have faith in him to do this hard and necessary work of racial reconciliation and choosing to to be uncomfortable as a segue to become more comfortable, choosing to be a peacemaker versus a peacekeeper recognizing that peace is not the absence of conflict, recognizing the need of unity, not just uniformity. So I just want to make sure that I shout them out because we would not be where we are today if it weren't um, for several faithful, committed um, women um, and groups and individuals who've chosen to courageously lean in, listen, learn, engage prayerfully um, commit to the work of racial racial reconciliation based on what God has called and impressed on their hearts to do. Well, I would echo most of what Regina has to say, and very specifically, one thing that gives me hope is those ladies that she just mentioned are texting us as we speak, um, likely with prayers and encouragement. So they and that relationship that we have formed over the many years gives me hope. Um, As we were thinking through and preparing for today, trying to figure out the timeline of how we got to where we are, I was brought hope in knowing where we started and where we are today. Um, From 2016, 2015, 2016, even in the midst of hard and holy work, there is hope because Christ is in it. I have hope because um, a young lady who I love dearly has graduated from high school and she will carry this on into her college years and beyond. this next generation that's rising up. I have hope when my kids ask me hard and courageous questions and I don't blow them off, but I enter into a difficult conversation with them. As Regina mentioned, I have hope because I can feel the way the Holy Spirit is growing me from being a peacekeeper who just wants to maintain the status quo to a maybe reluctant peacemaker in different situations. There is a growing level of dependence on God. And there's a growing awareness of the richness of the tapestry of life that he has placed around me. Um, Whereas before I had a very limited view, the more and more I come to understand there are things to mourn and there are things to lament, but there's so much to celebrate. And the more I grow in that, the more hope I have, um, being able to look at where we are, where we've been and where we're going. Ultimately, um, ultimately there will be no more tears. Ultimately we will all surround the throne and cry out, holy, holy, holy together. We will worship together as it says in revelation. And I get little tastes of that on earth and it gives me hope to sustain until Jesus comes or calls. And I'm just grateful. And you, Dr. Will, give me hope as well. Um, The fact that you are on the board of this organization, the fact that you are seeing it to be so important to continue to pour your heart, soul, mind, and strength into this work and those that work with you. Um, this, This platform gives me hope and it's hard sometimes and it's messy a lot of the times but it is 
good work we are called to. And I'm grateful and hopeful because of that. And to everyone listening, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if you're listening, you give us hope. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And and like Leah said, man, the platform, be the bridge. Thank you, Latasha Morrison, for being obedient to the calling um, that God impressed on your life. And, and we think here sometimes when it's hard and when we're lamenting and grieving, it, 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 impresses so much on our heart to make sure that we're covering Be The Bridge and Latasha and the staff and the board members and everyone, because if we're feeling it, we absolutely know that the work is hard and um, overwhelming at times. And, and just know that from the this platform, we continue to cover um, Be The Bridge and Latasha and all that are part of this, this awesome, awesome opportunity to share truth and love anchored in God's word. Wow, wow, wow. Well, we love you all, and we are so incredibly grateful. Um, again, you all give us hope, um, especially for the length of time that you've given to this incredible work, uh, the length of the journey that you've been on with us. And for that, we are so grateful. We cannot think of a better way to celebrate our six-year anniversary than to talk to two people amongst many that are a part of the heartbeat of what we do, which is Be The Bridge Groups. And so thank you for navigating this work. Thank you for navigating this terrain and even navigating a pandemic along the way. Uh, and for that, we are so grateful. And so once again, uh, I have the esteemed honor and privilege of serving today as your host. I'm Dr. Will Gravely, I'm honored to be a board member, filling in for our incredible founder, Latasha Morrison. We are so grateful that you are listening and tuning in with us. And even more so, thank you so much for participating in this great work of bridge building. We'll see you next time. Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. And transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.